This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. It may take a while, but through a lot of hard work and experience, you can eventually open your own brewery. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself to be an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. In this episode, I'm very excited to be in Portland, Oregon, visiting Ecliptic Brewing. John Harris is a bit of a legend in Oregon craft beer history, known for having a hand in creating the well-known Pacific Northwest staple beers from Deschutes Brewing, such as Mere Pond, Black Butte Porter, and many others. After 20 years as brewmaster at Full Sail Brewing Company, John decided it was time for him to start his own brewery from the ground up in 2013. Uh, my name is John Harris. I'm the owner and brewmaster here at Ecliptic. And how long have you been open for? Ecliptic's been open for three, just a little over three years now. Right, but this, this isn't your first venture into beer. You kind of have a, a bit of a history with beer. Uh, how did beer initially find you? How did beer find me? Good, good point. Well, well, the first good beer found me in, in college. We'll just leave it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was 21. Anyhow, um, I've been, you know, tasting beers and beer was always just kind of like that flavor you, you got used to. You know what I mean? A guy turned me on to this, some German beer and I was like, wow, this thing tastes much different than that other stuff I've been drinking. And kind of found that kind of um, the whole craft. This was in the mid eighties and the whole craft beer industry was just starting to, uh, it was, we called it microbrews back then. The microbrews were coming out and there was Widmer and Bridgeport at that point, Grants and Red Hook out of, out of Washington. And I was trying the uh, new beers, you know, and like, kind of like, wow, these, these things just taste kind of interesting and different. And so I was watching the scene. I did a little home brewing, started reading about beer and basically, um, Landed a job with an ad in the paper, the Willamette Week, that said, uh, yeah, it was the same Willamette Week. It's still here. <laughs> still the same. Anyhow, um, it said Brewer needed Hillsdale Brew Pub. And, and Hillsdale was uh, McMenamin's uh, pub. And they just put a brewery in t- into it. It was actually the first brew pub in, in Oregon ever was, was Hillsdale of actual brewing and selling on the same premises. Whitmer and Bridgeport predate that, but they were just making beer and selling it to bars. But anyhow, um, basically, I went and answered this ad and uh, got a phone call. He said, call me back in two weeks. And I called him back and got hired to be a brewer. And I was like, wow, oh gosh, I need to really start boning up on my stuff. And well, were, were you homebrewing at that point? I was doing a little homebrewing, yeah. I mean, Charlie Papazian's book had just come out, The Complete Joy of Homebrewing. So that kind of revolutionized homebrewing because it really took 
took it down to the common, really just the simple things you had to do to make a homebrew. It tastes good. And um, so I did that. I've been reading that book and uh, Michael Jackson's books. But to make a long story short, uh, Hillsdale Brew Pub hired me to be a brewer. I was kind of like, wow, this is crazy. So I quit my job, gave my notice and went to work at the Hillsdale Brew Pub in 1986. And that was about six months after they converted it into a brewery. Um, at that point, Portland Brewing had just opened. So there was like four breweries in Portland at that point. So now there's like, I don't know how many, 80 yeah. or <laughs> something like that, yeah. you know? That's where I got my start was with the McMinimans, and I worked between two different breweries with those guys. We had the Hillsdale Brew Pub and then the Cornelius Pass Roadhouse Brewery, uh, which opened about three months after I started at Hillsdale. So I worked at both places through my time at McMinimans. And then from there, how did you end up at Deschutes? I left my job at McMinimans and uh, got laid off, honestly. And uh, I was working with another guy in Bend to get a brewery going over there. After a while, I became apparent he didn't really have... Um, but we didn't have the financing to do it. And uh, at that point, I'd been out of work for like three months. And I was like, I need a friggin' job. <laughs> no, I can't yeah. be on unemployment anymore. After we determined that I couldn't, we couldn't do a project together, I, there had been an ad running in the Oregonian that said Brewer needed Deschutes Brewery and Pub, Bend, Oregon. And I kind of, the ad kind of glowed out of the paper at me. To be honest with you, it was like, well, that's really the job you're looking for. You know, you got to move to Bend, but that's the opportunity you're looking for, for me at least, to get into a brewery that's set up right. And so um, this guy walked out of my apartment. I picked up the phone, called down to Bend. And two days later, I was going down for an interview. And I kind of was exactly what the owner, Gary Fish, was looking for. He, he wanted somebody with some experience. He didn't want somebody who had just you know, gone out of brewing school at UC Davis or something and mm -hmm. had read all the books and knew all the math. He wanted somebody who actually had made beer. So in, at this point, 1988, two years of experience was a lot in this industry. And so um, with the most being he could have is maybe four to eight, yeah. you know, because Sierra Nevada opened in 1980. But um Anyhow, make a long story short, I got hired to be the first brewer at Deschutes and actually the first brewer ever in Bend, Oregon, <laughs> which I found out after this guy had wrote a book about the history of Bend and brewing in Bend and found that there was nothing before Deschutes that happened <laughs> except for a brewery in Primeville. Right. So, so I was, went down there in 88, worked there for four years, um, working for those guys, uh, just really got the brewery going. We got the distribution piece going, started getting the beers out like Maripon and Black Butte and then uh, Porter and then uh, Obsidian Stout and Jubilee are the four beers that are still kind of around that I had my hand in at one point. Yeah, because th those kind of are the staples that I know of of the Pacific Northwest when I think of the Deschutes beer are, are those ones that are still around today. Yeah, those are definitely their old core beers. I think there's a lot more IPAs are doing nowadays too, these days, but um, yeah. well, IPA is king. So that's why we're doing IPAs. You know, we, we have yeah. two IPAs ourselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I spent four years with those guys and my life, other parts of my life, like by the way, who, who would become my wife? Um, the Ben Ben didn't really work for her, so um, I was friends with the people at Full Sail, and they uh, knew of my predicament where she was going to move back to Portland, or was I going to move back? And I got offered a job by them to run their new brewery they're going to open in Portland called the River Place Brewery, which was going to be a small batch place. It was going to be like hands off. Do you, you just run this thing for us? And so I decided, well, okay, well. And at that point, also, as I we started talking at the shoots about how we need to build a bigger brewery, and uh, I really felt that. But this opportunity came up as the time to go because I couldn't get much further into the planning of this new brewery at the shoots and just jettison right before we did it. So it all kind of lined up with a job back in Portland. So I quit my job at the shoots and um, headed back to uh, Portland. So then I went to work for Full Sail. My job with them is multifaceted. I did. I learned a lot about the whole beer business from them. Just the sense that um, we had a brewery, ran the brewery, we made beer, created beer, got the beer out for sale. But also I worked a lot with our distributors. Lots of trainings. I was like the traveling brewmaster. So I spent a lot of time in all of our markets just talking about our beer and how we make beer and really got to see the distribution side a lot. 
essentially helped me, I think, launch Ecliptic was I had a really solid basis of the entire industry from how you sell beer. You know, I mean, I, I'd go out and sell beer too. So it's like how to talk to accounts, how to talk to distributors, how to how to make good beer, how to make consistent beer and all that stuff. So I really felt like I had a nice bit of knowledge before I started this Ecliptic Brewing. Yeah. So when did the idea for this project uh, develop in your mind? Was it a few years from there to actually opening or was it a kind of a quick turnaround? Oh, well, I mean, it's safe to say that I started thinking about having my own brewery, you know, right when I first started brewing, you know, I mean, most, if you talk to most brewers, they all have a desire to make their own beer, to craft their own beer. It really is an artisan, uh, very scientifically artisan, crafty thing. I mean, you know, beers are consumable. So just like a, a, a good cook in a kitchen, a good chef can take things and make it taste great. The same thing goes with beer. So um, I found an affinity to that. So early on that I was able to make high quality beer. And so you know, at different times when Full Sail was getting sold in the late 90s, I thought about it, uh, but it ended up becoming employee-owned, and we weren't sure if we were all going to keep our jobs at Full Sail, so the idea came up, like, was this the time to do it? And I had just had a baby, and it just wasn't the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, at a certain point, I was, uh, you know, getting, approaching 50 years old. I just started thinking about, what do I want to do? I mean, I've been brewing. I've been at Full Sail for 20 years. You know, it was a long time. I've been brewing for, at that point, I guess, 28 years. Kind of just trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want to... And I thought about all the beers and that I haven't made yet that I always, in my head, wanted to make. So back when I started at McMenamin's, the sky was a limit. You could do whatever you wanted to. I mean, really, realistically, they're like, break the boundaries. We brewed with fruit. Mm-hmm. People are like... How dare you brew with fruit? What the hell are you doing? This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. And they were, actually, McMinimus was, the, as far as I know, the first brewery in America to brew with fruit to the point where at one point the, uh, the BATF, uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, which governed uh, them at that time, basically got, sent a letter that said, cease and desist. Fruit is not allow- an allowable ingredient in beer. So we had to actually write a letter and get petitioned to have it become legal. So that, that's a little history book piece for you there. <laughs> but um, but I, really, I always enjoyed brewing with fruit. And, um, and that was a, a thing that um, I knew, you know, probably wasn't going to happen at full sale. I, uh, I'm a creative person. So I, I really felt like, you know, I have, I have all these beers I want to do. And through time, I've always met, I met a couple of guys who have money and they were like, you know, if you ever do this, I'll, I'll support you. And so, and um, basically started thinking about it in the fall of 2011, decided in the spring of 2012, I quit my job. I realized if I was going to do this, I can't, I can't do it in shadows. I have to go out, find the money, find the building, just go all in. So quit my job at Full Sail, um, where I'd been for 20 years and um, left basically with no income and uh, proceeded to go forward on the project. I started finding more people who wanted to give me money. I mean, it's quite a process to get, get this thing going. I mean, you have to First thing you have to do is find the money and before you got to find enough money to sign a lease. And I basically signed the lease. And right after that, the last bit of money came in after we I basically committed to lease this building for 10 years mm-hmm. at X dollars per month mm-hmm. <laughs> with no income. Anyhow. So, um, but the whole process was a real, I learned a lot, it took basically a year and a half to get open. Um, it took eight months to find a building, four more months to secure the building. And then once I got the lease, it took just a little bit over six months to build out. So I found this building here on Cook Street and uh, it's just a perfect building for a brewery. And I wanted to... It's you know, a big space. Yeah, we yeah. wanted to have... A, I wanted to have a restaurant to go with it. So we have room for that, parking lot, outdoor seating, you know, room for brewery expansion. So we're going to fill this thing up pretty big next year, but we might be out of room then, but we'll see. <laughs> right. So where does the name come from then? And then what is the kind of the story behind the beers that you want to create based off that name? Right. So... Um, you decide, okay, I'm going to open a brewery. Now I need a name. Then you think about, and you know, when I started, it was 
just about 3,000 breweries. Now there's 4,000 breweries in America. So uh, astronomy is a hobby of mine. I enjoyed going out in the summertime, mostly summer, you know, the dark skies and protect my telescope and look at faint fuzzy objects in the sky and say, oh, that's a galaxy. That's pretty cool. So um, I knew I wanted to have an astronomy theme name because I wanted to have a tie into something because you could you just learn more about things if you like, we name a beer called, you know, like Orbiter IPA, for instance. It's like, what is Orbiter? Well, it's a, something that orbits a planet. What's a planet? What's a sun? What's a, you know, all that stuff. So all the names are tied into an astronomy reference. Uh, the brewery's name itself, Ecliptic, is um, in reference to the ecliptic plane where most of the planets travel around the sun and it's kind of the same level at the same plane around the sun, uh, except for Pluto, who's been kicked out as a planet anyway. So it was always not in the ecliptic plane. But um, so it kind of refers to our yearly journey around the sun on planet you know, on spaceship earth um, ties into like the seasonal beers you want to drink throughout the seasons. Like right now we're in winter, you know, thinking about drinking, you know, Pilsner's right now. You're thinking more about drinking strong hearty ales right now. The snow on the ground out in Portland right now. And also tied into the restaurant where we want to have seasonal menu items that tie into the different seasons and stuff. So the whole thing kind of revolves around changing, ever-changing beer and ever-changing food in our restaurant. Right. And so what beer are you most proud of to date that you've been able to create with your own project? That's a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we've done so many beers. I mean, we've done probably... 60 beers here at least at this point. I don't want to be lame and say I can't really answer that, but that's just a really um, well, hard how about, question. How about favorite season then? Favorite no, no. season for Well, beers. I mean, I, well, if I have to look at it, I mean, our Capella Porter, um, not the sexiest of beer styles, but won World Beer Cup Gold. So I can't be not proud of that beer. You know, I mean, that's pretty, that's the highest honor we've won so far uh, on, a, on that national level. I mean, we've also won for our barley wines, our IPA Orbiter and our Pilsner have gotten some, garnered some medals, but um Probably the biggest one, I guess. If we look off just accolades, it'd probably be our porter. Mm -hmm. So when you opened, how long did it take for the community to kind of come and support you and kind of get your regulars through the door? Oh, well, having brewed for X number of years, there was a little bit of, you know, push behind the fact that I was opening a brewery. So I had a lot of, you know, people waiting to come taste the beer and waiting to come taste the food when we opened up. So that was really helpful to not just be a, a startup with no, no known reputation. So um, we were, you know, we've, we're pretty busy from the day one and went through the usual startup blues, which is you're really, really super busy for about a month or two. And then, you, of course, for us, that was mostly, mostly of November and December. Then January happens and restaurant business just doesn't do well in January. So yeah, uh, yeah. we fell off. But no, we've been slowly growing our um, awareness here. Um, we have, do have, definitely have a bunch of regulars that come in, you know, some of them every day. Um, we have a great outdoor seating area that we've made better and better each year. And, uh, you know, it's a real good place just to hang is with a great view of downtown Portland and a hot summer night. It's pretty cool. Yeah. With the astronomy theme in mind, are you trying to uh, incorporate kind of like the kids because there's a, there's another Oregon brewery that sent their own yeast in the space and brought it back to do that. Do you have like any, any way of trying to tie something from the cosmos into your beer or is it just strictly seasonal stuff that you can get on earth? Right. Yeah. I was, I was pretty upset when they did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I let them know it too. I said, man, we're the space brewery, man. What are you doing? Like, yeah. No, 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 no. We're the space brewery, man. You're yeah. to steal it. He, he laughed. We, we all laughed. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Um, I mean, actually, there's another, there's another business called Ecliptic and they do um, basically cameras for NASA. Like when you see pictures of the rockets taking off, that's their camera, you know, prior to, they can take the, all that heat and stress and stuff. So he came by one day because he was just, in, thought it was just great. There was another named Ecliptic and we thought it was a brewer. Um, that was a, a brewery. He said someday he's going to try to get my beer up in space. So I should actually call him about that because we he never we haven't done it so far. But at one point the shuttle missions are over now. But he was going to try to get some of my my beer up into space somehow. And we got to keep working on that. I think I should call him up. <laughs> send him an email. Say what's up with that? We, we said you do this. Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened yet, but 
I know we're, uh, we like to say we're fresh from Earth. You know, all of our products are fresh right here from Earth. So mm-hmm. um, not from Mars or Venus. So just make sure you know what planet you're on. Yeah. You've done a couple of collaborations with uh, some other breweries as well. The one that I had in particular was the one with uh, Cigar City with uh, Apricots. How did, how did that one uh, come about? Right. So before we opened, I did a few collaborations, but one I did was with uh, Wayne Wombles from the Cigar City Brewery. So I actually flew to Tampa uh, where we brewed a beer we called Eliminating the Path. It was a, a beer we came up with using uh, Pinot barrels to age a darker style beer with basically Marion berries from Oregon, acacia berries. And then we used rose hips and um, I think it was orange peel, I think it was. And uh, so we brought a botanical and a fruit from Oregon and a botanical and a fruit from um, Tampa, brought those together, then aged it and released that right after we opened in January of 13 that came out. The whole idea was that Wayne would come here at some point and brew a beer. So during the, when the Craft Brewers Conference was here in 2015, he came in and we, so we decided we wanted to make a lighter version of that. So we used basically a golden style ale. We used peaches and apricots, two fruits from Florida and Oregon, and then tied that in with some juniper and some uh, hibiscus. Then we aged that in the Savion Blanc barrels. So that was called Ellipsing the Sun. So two different takes on this white wine and red wine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How many awards have you won for your beers? Because there's been quite quite a recognition for them as well, right? Oh, at Ecliptic? Yeah. Um, I guess, um, I don't know, I guess maybe about 10 awards now, which is pretty cool. Like I said, our barley ones, whether it be barrel-aged or not barrel aged have won two or three medals each. And then I guess our Pilsner or Orbiter IPA and then um, the Porter so far, I think. Remember, right? we got them all on the wall out there. <laughs> I can't remember them all. Right. But it's been pretty cool that we've slowly been able to get, I mean, I really, it's like, you know, we were a startup brewery. I mean, every brewery, even though I brewed for a long time, you you're still a startup eventually, and you still got to work the bugs out of your system. You still have to say, oh, I, that extract didn't come out the way I wanted. I'm not getting the hot flavor I'm really looking for. You know, things like that you got to do to tweak your stuff, make sure, you know, you get your beer where you want it. So I think we came out with some really good beer when we first started, but I think we're making better beer now um, just because I think you just get to know your system and your, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to say. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never stop learning. I always like to say, like, people like, what's your favorite brewery? And I say, well, Sierra Nevada, you know, because they're just the granddaddy. And plus, they've only gotten better. So I, I aspire to that, just to keep continuing getting better beer. A lot of people, as you get bigger and grow, like, they're going to be almost a million barrels. You know, it's like, you think, how can you make the highest quality beer there? And they're probably, you know, like I said, making the highest quality beer there. So we have about 950, 995 thousand barrels to go to beat them <laughs> we'll hit five thousand barrels this year so whatever that math is off a million <laughs> we right. got a long ways to go i don't think we'll get there i'm not really have aspirations to get there all right what's been your observation with the arc of the craft beer in portland and oregon in general because i mean you guys are kind of sitting at 50 percent market share now of beer sales in the state right so how have you been surprised at kind of the spike in recent years of interest in it or do you think it was kind of a natural progression that was meant to happen yeah i think that um you know oregon itself has always had a strong buy oregon first mentality especially when the craft breweries started that was like a mantra and, you know buy oregon fruits buy oregon vegetables buy oregon wines and then became buy oregon beers and i think that, I, I remember those stickers yeah, coming down here on holidays yeah, yeah exactly and so um i think that um you had that going for you. you had the, the pub culture that started with people like the Hort Don at the Horse Brass and John at Captain Ankeny's and the McMinnman brothers and uh, the guys at, over at Produce Row that all kind of like said, yes, we're going to put your beer on tap. So you started seeing the imports get pushed out and the craft beers come in, which is kind of sad because some of the fresh, like fresh bass ale was always pretty tasty. So I think that uh, as the breweries have grown, I think that the market share has grown. So I think that like in 19, say 1987, when Full Sail started, they started bottling beer. They were the first ones to bottle beer. 
So some say some guy who's 24 starts, has a family, starts bringing home six packs. And before you know it, his kid's 22, you know, 15 sees dad and mom drinking craft beer. And I think that at this point with the craft beer industry, you know, with Bridgeport at 32 years old in the state, you got some babies that are now 32 when this thing whole started. So I think that just a couple things, um, that was what was in the house. So if you say you stole a beer from your dad, you're stealing. You're not stealing a bud. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I uh, shouldn't have said that. Anyhow, um, <laughs> you're you're not stealing. <laughs> My point is, is I think exit. that uh, especially in Portland, as as the market's grown, and I think it just that you know you get you when you have a flavorful craft made beer, it's hard to. There's a place for industrial lager. Um, I'm not against it at all because that's a flavor that some people really like. And so, but just, I think that once you have that other flavor and you get kind of hooked on it and I think you'll see that, uh, especially with the new, newer generations, you know, the guy, you know, people in their lower twenties and low thirties, you know, they're looking for something new. They're looking for a flavor. I remember being in Eugene at a tasting once and watch these three guys come in and it looked like just like college students and they ended up picking out a 6.4 ounce bottle of beer, but they were like totally stoked to go drink it. They weren't like looking for a slammer six pack. These guys were like basically buying this really esoteric imported, really strong ale. But I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, these guys are like taking it. That's like it was a $15 bottle of beer. You know, it was like, I thought it was, it was crazy, <laughs> but I thought it was a sign of like people want quantity over quality. And I think that especially nowadays where people want to know where their food comes from, where their beer comes from, they want to know, they want a story behind it more than just, it's just a beer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's an actual person that's making that rather than unknown entity. Exactly. You know? yeah. So, so yeah. So I think that, uh, we're just, you know, just like all the breweries. I mean, there's so many breweries now in Portland. It's crazy. But, you know, I can only I can really count on like less than two hands how many have actually failed in the last 30 years. Some because they left town, some because they just didn't make it. Their concept just was, it wasn't right. But um, Portland is very, Portland definitely embraces their breweries and supports them. And so who is inspiring you locally with, with their beer at the moment? I'm good buddies with the gigantic guys. I think they're doing some fun stuff. They're not afraid to throw up a big style, but also then throw up hail ale at you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I like that's, that's some of the stuff they're doing. The guys up at Freem, guy who used to work with at Full Sail, they're doing some cool, stu- cool stuff. Oh, there's lots of people in town. To be honest with you, it's hard. That's a hard question just because I get inspired by all of them. I mean, every once in a while you have a beer, you're like, holy crap, <laughs> what the hell did you do there? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. You know, what's your favorite beer that you make to pair with your favorite thing out of your kitchen? Uh, when we have mussels on the menu, uh, mussels with our Pilsner is really tasty. And also with our newer um, IPA called Starburst. It depends on what you go, what size of hop you want to go for. But if you want more the fruity, tropical hop with a bit more intensity, you can go with the, the IPA. But what the classic pairing of mussels and, you know, like if you went to Belgium or something with the, with the pills. And if somebody was wanting to go down the path themselves of opening up their own brewery, what advice would you give them? Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, really think about what you're really wanting to do because opening your own brewery doesn't mean you're going to be making beer necessarily all the time. I mean, it depends on what your goal is. You know, if your goal is to, like our goal was to open a brewery restaurant and then start distributing beer and bottles and kegs outside of the place. So we were, the whole MO was to grow. And so now I have five brewers and I brew very, I mean, I still brew occasionally, but at this point, the business has to be taken care of. And so I spend most of my days managing the business than actually managing the beer. Of course, there's other ways you could do that. You could hire someone to manage your business for you, but at some point you're going to have to pay them. And so at some point I'll have a CFO or controller probably, but right now that's me. And, uh, but also just really realize you're, you're not opening a brewery, you're opening a business. And those are two different things because like you mentioned earlier, the guy opened a brewery in New Zealand that 
had never brewed a drop of beer. And he obviously didn't know how to run a business and didn't know how to make beer. So he's gone. So make sure you know what you're doing because you are opening a business. You're not opening a brewery. And there's so many more layers of stuff that you just have no clue that whether it be from compliance with government or state regulators or just national regulators or trying to source raw materials. I mean, I'm finally being able to get the hops I wanted to buy three years ago. And now I can finally get them. I couldn't get them three years ago for the prices they were asking. But now I'm actually able to get the Mosaic and the Simcoe and the Amarillo at, at reasonable prices. And if you, if you bake your beer, say your great homebrew recipes around this, say New Zealand hops, well, good luck because they're just not available. But anyhow, just really think it through. I'd say if you're going to open up your own brewery, think through all of it, <laughs> not just what beer you're going to make, but how am I going to stay in business to make the beer? Because you have to have cash to, to, to pay your bills and to pay your employees and Hopefully you have more at the end of the day than less. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, sure. You bet. Cheers. Big, big thank you to John. I really appreciate him taking the time to speak with me, especially since it was a very busy day at the brewery as well. So I really appreciate his time. And you got to check out Ecliptic Brewing. If you're in Portland, you got to go Got to go by the brewery. It's an awesome space. There's a great tasting room. There's a great restaurant area. Great food out of the kitchen. Really enjoyed my time while I was there. So... Go check it out, Ecliptic Brewing in Portland, Oregon. Thanks so much for listening. If you really like this independently produced podcast series, you can show your support by going to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer and pledging as little as a dollar an episode. It really helps. And I really appreciate it too. Those people that are on my Patreon page in the moment really appreciate the support. Thanks so much. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well at Cascadian Beer. And uh, thanks so much for those of you who have been sharing these episodes as well. Really appreciate that. So if you really like this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and uh, let them know about this podcast series, the Cascadian Beer Podcast. And if you would like me to go chat to your favorite brewery, be sure to reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll reach out to your favorite brewery and hopefully get them on the podcast series soon. So you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It really helps us get this series into as many ears as possible. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, remember, support your local.